This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe with you. We're talking Scotland, an old German getting fitted for a flat blade. Anything else we need to cover, Nick? That sounds like a January episode to me. Well, I do have uh, a, a fringe question that I think we can just kind of riff. And no I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to go right now. Um, I'm going to Orlando in a couple of days. Yeah. And I am looking to, to play some golf. So I booked my flight. Not that anybody cares. But like 48 hours after I booked it, I got an update from Southwest. It's like your flight itinerary has changed and now you're leaving Providence at 530 in the morning and you land it you land in Orlando at like 840 a.m. So I'm oh like, okay, God. well I guess I need to play some golf. Um I can't go to the hotel. Right, exactly. I got some time to kill. So mm-hmm. so I'm I I've called this course to book, um, but I can't book till today because of whatever, their booking window. But it just hit me that like if I go straight from the airport to the course, I'm gonna have a bag. So what's like what's the etiquette? Do I just be like, hey, guys, watch my bag. Do I ask ahead? Do you have a bag drop? Do I just try to go to the hotel and drop the bag there and, and set myself back like probably an hour to an hour and a half to get to play my round? Like, what would you do? I feel like you've got a good grasp on on like the the on the protocols for these types of situations. First of all, thank you. I at least pretend to. And if I don't, what I would do is call you way too many people. You always proceed with confidence whether you're making the complete wrong move or not, which I which I admire. That's that's really the move, because as long as the person who's receiving you perceives that you have some sort of knowledge or you act like you've been there before, then more often than not, they're either going to accommodate. Occasionally, you get someone like, well, this person's being a dick. I'm not going to deal with this guy. But that's few and far between. I would say since you're arriving so early, going to the hotel is just going to waste your time. I'd say go directly from Orlando International Airport to wherever you're playing golf maybe call ahead and be like, look, here's my situation. I'm flying in. I'm going to have my luggage. Can I leave it somewhere where it's going to be safe? Do you have some sort of like back room that I can store it where like like the the office manager works or something like that? And just call ahead because I think the last thing you want to do is go there with the expectation that your luggage, which I presume you want to hang on to, is going to be safe during your round of golf. And The last thing you want to do also besides that is go to the golf course and play within the back of your mind thinking, all right, well, some 15-year-old kid is watching my luggage right now, and I don't really feel good about that. And you hang a 62 on the board for nine holes, and you're like, well, this is a great start to my trip to Orlando. So call ahead because I think it's going to give you peace of mind. Okay, that that that's good. When I book the tea time, I'll just ask. I mean, I'm this is Orlando. I'm not the first person going from the from the exactly. airport to the golf course. Worst case scenario, they say we can't help you, and I just take a cart. My luggage is like a glorified backpack, like it's like a backpack on steroids. So I think like worst case scenario, instead of walking, which I really want to get out there and walk, I'll just take a cart, stick it in the back of the cart, and and I don't have to worry about it. Sure, and you 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 can throw like you know three really cheap or Orlando area beers into there as well because you have a good alibi as to why you'd have a large bag with you although i have to assume True. you're doing this for work no no reason to drink at 9 a.m in orlando no reason to be drinking at 9 a.m on a business trip <laughs> um and then so i'm not going to be bringing golf shoes joe i i haven't played oh. a round of golf without golf shoes in since like my my novice years tell me i'm gonna be okay you're gonna be absolutely fine i was out there in uh pretty old tennis shoes at kapalua and I didn't feel great about it, but 
that had a couple white claws and I, I didn't really care as much. You're going to be in Florida. I don't think footing is going to be your issue. Uh, if you were in Idaho in, say, April, then yeah, you'd want some spikes. But I think you're going to be okay in the land of Mickey Mouse no matter the time of year. And I'm excited for you to do this because you're playing nine holes, right? Or are you going the full loop? I'm trying to play 18. He said when I called – I've talked to this gentleman twice already because I Great. thought yesterday was, was Friday. Um, <laughs> he he um, said they just book you for nine, but if you want to play 18, just stick around and, and they'll just weave you in, which is oh. – 100% what I'm going to plan on doing. I love that. I think that's great. Well, best of luck. I'm excited to hear about your Orlando adventures tomorrow. You're going for the PGA Merchandise Show, right? Yes. Yeah. Anything and, in particular and, looking forward to? Um, I mean, yeah. There's going to be some really nifty – I know you're not a big training aids guy. But yeah. There's going to be some really nifty training aids like in, in a good and in a bad way. Which I'm, I'm kind of interested. There's, there's always some like laughable stuff there, but there's always some like cool stuff that you never would have thought of. Um, yeah, I've got like five like categories, maybe six categories of things I'm focusing on. So training aids, golf speakers. Um, I did this yeah. last year and just like checked out all the golf speakers there. I'm going to do that again this year. Um, balls, putters, and drivers. Uh, those are like the big, and then. And shoes and golf bags. I guess that's more than five. Um, but I'm going to take a deep dive onto those things and check out as many as I possibly can. And then just, yeah, we should report. We should record from, like, maybe we could check schedules. But, like, after I've been there for a few days and um, we can do a good PGA show episode. Like, live from Orlando or when you get back to the comfort Live from Orlando, Orlando, man. You want to do it? My my work schedule next week is actually not so crazy, so I'm down to do live from Orlando. We're already working on two coasts as it is, so it's not like the time difference is going to be let's, a new impediment for us. Let's do live from Orlando. We won't have to battle my children's sleep schedules, so probably, we might as well record like six episodes while I'm there. <laughs> we'll just get through the entire winter while we're in Orlando. I think that's a great idea. I'm excited. That'll be fun. What? How many times have you gone? This is going to be your second or third time down there? Fourth? My third time down there. Yeah, that's great. Okay, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do a full debrief. I love the idea of doing live from Orlando. Um, all you have to do is bring a microphone, and you're going to be good to go. So it's pretty easy to podcast on the road these days. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, something I have we haven't talked about in a while is this uh, big old big old Scotland trip that I'm going on with my brother and dad. Uh, it was a surprise for my dad for his 70th birthday. We did tell him about the trip. He uh, he said, that's okay. We can take him to Scotland for his 70th birthday to play golf and check out the British Open. So as a reminder to folks, what we're doing is two days of the British Open, four rounds of golf. It's through a booking company. So it's a big package that you do. And everything's included with the exception of the flight, and meals, hotel, golf, travel, all that kind of stuff is there. So, so good. It's so I'm so glad you're doing this. It's 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 going to be a lot of fun. So we're obviously doing it mid late July to coincide with the British Open, and we have the courses mapped out pretty much by this booking company. We're going to play Prestwick, which is the home of the first British Open, and you said something like the first thirty or forty. Like they played that. I think up until the start of the 20th century, or at least close to it. And then three other very reputable golf courses. What we're going to do is once those get finalized closer to the trip, we're going to pick the one that we're least interested in. And that's going to be the day where we enter the St. Andrew's Lottery. Now, this is a 180 from what you said the last time we talked about it. Okay, I just want to make sure. I just want, I just want to clarify that because I was, I was kind of like trying to lead you down that path. And you said no. And I said, okay, well, it's Joe's trip. But okay. Well, Brother Bob, who's not much of a golfer, um, 
you know, he's he's coming on the trip for more of the experience, and he's he's going to play golf with us, but he wants to check out Loch Ness and go the, to, to the distilleries. There's a shortbread cookie company he wants to check out. So he's going to, he he wants to explore the countryside. My dad's into that too, and I thought, all right, great. Well, if these boys are wanting to jet around a little bit, they're probably going to rent a car. If the car doesn't work out, we, we, we can hop a train from where we're staying, which is very close to the venue in Troon, and go to St. Andrews. So it's two hours away. And so what we're going to do is we're going to enter the lottery. And as a quick recap, Nick, you did do an article about this for Golf Link, right? So you're pretty well versed in how this works. Yeah, it's been a while since I published that article. So I don't know, maybe I have the details. But but yeah, I, I think I could, you know, give you the, the overview. So basically, you log in to standrews.com and... There must be at least two players. You have to have home clubs and you have to have handicaps. And what you do is you enter two days before you want to play. So let's say you want to play the Wednesday before the British Open. Probably going to be in demand. You go to the website. You say, all right, Joe Simons, Bob Simons Sr., Bob Simons Jr. We are members of this club. Here are our handicaps. Enter the ballot. Then I think it's by what time does it say? Uh the ballot closes 2 p.m., two days before you hope to play. The results of the ballot is 4.30. So if we enter for Wednesday, by Monday at 4.30, we're going to know, which is great because it's not like day of show up. We're going to be able to plan and say, all right, screw this really nice golf course in Scotland. We're going to play at the home of golf, and we'll figure out how that works. The one caveat, which I thought was interesting, is you must be 36 or below. So there is a skill, quote-unquote, requirement to step on the old course, peg it up, and hit your driver. So if you're a 37, sorry, you got to get that down. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't even know handicaps went up that high. I thought I was, I thought I was getting close to the ceiling, but apparently they they leave some wiggle room. <laughs> so here's the thing, and 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 here's why I want your your consigliere. It says if you are successful, a current official handicap card golf club affiliated to a union association record or certificate must be presented to the starter prior to play now that sounds very old-timey to me but i have to assume i have to assume that if i pull up the usga gin app and there's the my card button you can push and your phone auto rotates and it shows you a horizontal card with your scores and your official handicap. That's all they want, right, Nick? I'm not. I'm not overreading this. I think that's what they want. Yeah, they want you to present something official to you know, like yeah, it's the USGA app. That's that's not fake. Yeah, I I would do that if you like. If you want to be over prepared, you know, print that. Find a way to print that bad. Go take it down to to Kinkos and <laughs> print that off. Ye old Kinkos. Fun. Yeah. What you don't want to do is say, nobody's really doing this. Because it sounds like a thing that, like, they tell you you need to do, but nobody really does it. Like, like at, at any other course, I would be like, yeah, I'm not really doing that. But, like, they've got a queue of people, like, salivating, or, oh like, God. waiting to, to, to get those, like, those, like, um, standalone, those uh, standby seats. Yeah, that's it. Um, so you don't want to be like, hey, I, don't, I didn't really do that. And, and then, you know. <laughs> The next, the next foursome in line gets your spot. You make such a good point. They are definitely – there's like a queue of like 20 people just waiting for someone to fuck up and say, oh, he's out. Do not let him in. He did not present an official certificate. It wasn't notarized. It wasn't stamped. Get his ass back to Portland, Oregon. I'm teed off in his place. I want him kicked off the tour. <laughs> Doug, 
I think that you're right. I have plenty of time. I have six months before we're going to enter this lottery. So it is incumbent upon me to figure out what is actually meant by that. Maybe a little deep dive down Reddit is a good place to go. Um, That seems like a good source for random information like this. Perhaps I could call the old course at St. Andrews, especially now, because I looked at the lottery. They post the results on the website. So I looked at how many tea times they allow off this time of year. Not many. I think they call it for dark at like, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, And they have some frost times out there as well. And it was so funny because they showed the associated club with all the golfers that are teeing off who won in the lottery. And it just says St. Andrews, University of St. Andrews, St. Andrews Club, University. So even members of this area, of this society, still have to submit to the lottery. Man, could you imagine how, how much fun that would be just in the winter, just like waking up, having your coffee, entering the lottery and being like, all right, we'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So That's good. So, so, okay. So, I will, let me ask you this. Yeah. So, if you, you, you're you putting all your eggs in the lottery basket, you don't get the lottery, you're going to like another well-respected course. You're not going to say like, lottery doesn't work, we're going to... Because you can still show up and you get in this like queue and, and they like shuffle you in and you stay the night in the parking lot and all that jazz. And you can like probably play St. Andrews if like that's your goal. However, it's not guaranteed. So are, so you're just saying if the lottery doesn't work out, we're just going to stay with the itinerary? I think for now, that's the plan. It, it, it may materialize more as we get closer, but that's how I sort of envision it in my head. I mean, four, four rounds of golf in, in – Six or seven days is, is probably a lot for my dad. Anyway, he's going to be 70. No carts out there. Now, fortunately, the courses are very flat, so he's probably going to be in decent shape. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, sleeping in a car all night and maybe not getting to do it. I understand the experience would be great, but to me, that's more of a me, you, and Romy situation rather than my dad and my brother, who's kind of iffy about golf anyway, but just kind of wants to be there for the experience. So For sure, yeah. I think it's lottery or bust, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um Real quick before we get to your putter fitting, which I'm actually pretty curious to hear about. Uh, did you see this note about Bernard Longer? I, I just, I did see this. I, I did see this. Yeah. So Bernard Langer last week said that he's going to be playing in his final Masters coming up in the year 2024. It'll be his 41st. Longer last made the cut in 2020, where he finished T29, which is pretty rad because I think Longer turned 67 this year. I mean, he won the U.S. Senior Open last year, so he's still competitive and and getting it done. Here's a stat from Justin Ray, and it may not hit at first, so let me let me let me try to explain it. Bernard Longer has competed at least once in the same field as nearly 58% of all the players in the Masters all time. So, let's say there's 1,800 people who have ever played in the Masters Golf Tournament. That means Bernhard Langer has competed against 58% of the people who have ever been in the field in the Masters. I think that's an incredible figure. It's That's awesome. Um, yeah, the Masters, coming up on 100 years, so, so that's pretty impressive. I would love to see Justin Ray do for this what he does so often for Tiger. Find 5 to 10 fascinating facts that nobody else would would think of or possibly have access to the first thing that came to my mind was like what's the gap between like his first made cut and his most recent made cut Mm. like has he made the cut like in in four different decades like does that span like 
38 years or 35 years it probably does like does anybody else like what's the top five look like like i bet you the fifth person on that list is like 25 years like something like that pales in comparison so justin ray i know you're you're an avid listener to this podcast but please fan. just please just uh, pull out that list i saw one that was pretty great that said bernhard langer competed against gene sarazen in the british open and gene sarazen competed against harry varden in the british open <laughs> He's one he's one player removed from Varden. I mean from the stylist. Incredible. Yeah, I know. So good. Uh I'll be I'll be putting a few shekels on longer to be the uh top senior. That'll be always my favorite bet every year at the Masters. And mm-hmm. Phil always seems to ruin it now that he's over fifty years old. That's for April. By the way, I don't know if you watched any football, but uh you watch any games on CBS over the weekend. Uh you you saw some Masters commercials, just like a little tease, just like you see Magnolia Lane. It just says the Masters coming in April, and I, of course, yell, and Lacey asks, what's wrong? And I said, absolutely nothing. Everything's great. Uh, Nick, you got fitted for a putter, buddy. I did. Tell me about um, this. I did. Well, the whole the whole premise was I've never been fit for a putter before. Mm. And I Same. think – Exactly. Okay, so that my assumption is that most golfers – in, in this one specific way are like me in that they they don't ever even think about getting fit for a putter. No. They either use their putter because they like it or if they don't like it, they go buy like the complete polar opposite of their putter and they use that until they don't like it and then they just have this collection of putters that they're, they're just like so ex-girlfriends true. laying around that they had like some some qualities they liked but they really just couldn't, couldn't commit long term. Um, so I wanted to know like what – what does the average golfer not know about being fit for a putter, about the way that different putters are designed, the strokes they're designed for, what a properly fit putter does for your stroke compared to just like a random putter? Um, and I, I knew I was going to be surprised, and yet I was still surprised, if that makes any sense. Um, it was it was an awesome experience. So what did you go in wanting or did you just did you start with a blank canvas and you're like hey whatever happens it's it's going to be great because i'm starting from a knowledge base of very little right now with this experience well yeah i I basically told my fitter what i just told you and i told him that for like 10 years i used this blade putter that that i got because it was pretty cheap but it was from like a name brand it was from TaylorMade, and this is when i was like growing from like my like dick sporting goods package set to like actual legitimate golf clubs. So like sure. I, I bought this tailor-made putter because I could afford it and I like didn't have any money and it was a blade and I liked it the way that it looked. Um, and I putted pretty well with it, but I started noticing that I would take the putter back. Like the head would, would wobble and it, I would, I would lose confidence in my stroke because it was like a lack of stability in my putter and my stroke. So, so even though I was still statistically putting well, I thought I needed to, to fix that. So I got a mallet uh, that's completely stable. I take it back. The putter doesn't move at all. It feels great. I like it. But statistically, like I, I made almost zero putts from like five to 15 feet this season, um, which I never really noticed because like my distance control was always good. My stroke felt great. Um, and you don't really necessarily pick up on that trend um, until you take a step back and look at the stats. So that's what I told him and that and and on top of that that if I had my preference I would go with a blade over a mallet but ultimately I wanted to find out 
what was best for me. The first thing he had me do was was hit four putts that were like 11 feet um, on a track man. And so I, so I hit some putts. On a track man? Yes. Wow. And and the track man also records video. So I have these videos and maybe, maybe we'll put them up on our socials. Um, and it, it records your path. Like it, it puts like a tracer. Like it, like it was like a PGA Tour top tracer, like on the path of my club head. So I found like my stroke and what my putter is doing. Like because I got this face balanced mallet putter, which is made for a straight back and straight through stroke. Um, I, I have my natural stroke is, is like an arced stroke. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish this quick anecdote and then I'll explain more. Um, but my putter was basically going straight back because that's what the putter is designed to do. But then like on the through stroke, since I have this arc in my stroke, it was like pulling closed through impact. And basically every putt just kind of like starts a couple degrees to the left, even though it looks good and it's a good stroke and it feels good. Like that's probably why I was missing putts. So, so in essence, design. you are you are pushing every putt slightly, and even though you make them, it's still technically a push, is what you're saying. What I yeah, what I'm saying is like my putter is working against me it, from a, from a high level because it, it, it's not no, it's not like that dramatic. But no, but I know, it but it's existential, I guess. Yeah. So just just the high level, there are various putting strokes. You could go straight back and straight through, which is it, it, nothing is right or wrong. Everybody, you know, all, all styles are, are at all levels of golf. Um, and if you have a straight back and straight through stroke, you want a face balanced putter because that means your putter is working throughout the stroke. It's balanced. It's designed to stay perfectly square from the start to the, to the back of your stroke all the way through to your, to your follow through. If you have an arc in your stroke, that means the putter face is like kind of opening like a door on the way back, coming back to square at impact and closing on the way through, which is the way that I putt naturally. So because I had a face balanced putter, which was and in an arc stroke, the putter was working against me, which was basically causing this like, you know, just basically working against me. I mean, that's all that there is to it. It's not like it's. It's not like I couldn't hit the ball or roll it, you know, or, or whatever. It's just like not helping. Yeah. So um, it would be like if, if I could just to give an analogy, it would be like if you had a driver face that was set up for a draw, but you had a cut swing. Like you can still hit a cut with that club, but you're making it harder on yourself than it has to be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the other types of putter, like if you're not familiar some putters have toe hang. So basically like if you lay your putter off a table, like does the face point towards the sky or does it like point at an angle? So the more toe hang your putter has, basically the more it accommodates an, an arc stroke. So if you have like a little bit of arc, you know, you get like a little bit of toe hang. And if you have the crazy arc, then you get crazy toe hang, um, which is the technical term for it. Crazy toe um, hang, yeah. Cra- crazy toe hang. Um, and then obviously there are, blade designs and mallet designs and you know fang and all, and all that um which can go along with you know what you're looking for from your stroke but also just visually so like you can have a blade putter that's face balanced you can have a mallet putter that's face balanced you can have a blade that has toe hang and a mouth that has toe hang so the, the other thing i learned is that the it's not the it's not the design of the head or the weighting of the head that that dictates the toe hang it's it's the shaft 
it's the hosel. So like mm. if you have like a plumber's neck, that's going to be toe hang versus in like it's just where they stick the shaft creates the balance point, which creates the toe hang, which I thought was I thought was interesting, which I did not know. Man, I have to say uh, this is way above my head. I find half of it interesting and half of it like I'm I'm just going to use the putter okay. that I have. But continue. Well, I'm not well, the audience. I'm just no, the person that, talking to you. Well, you are. But to, to boil it all down, you 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 if you've never been fit for a putter, and right? You, and you don't even know what type of putting stroke you have. Fair, yeah. There's a a really good chance that your putter is working against you. And if you're not tracking your statistics, which I I didn't really realize my putter was working against me until I started tracking my statistics, um, you you might not notice because like you can still hit good putts, like hit putts that feel like oh that was a good one, just just didn't drop. Um, and this could be happening. So the, the takeaway for the listener should be one, figure out what your, what type of stroke you have, like fair. Yeah. Whether you want to record it, just like stick a phone and record it. Um, or just like set something on your, your putting mat and, and kind of measure is, is there an arc or is it straight? Figure out what kind of putter you have, hold it in your, hold it in your fingers or just lay it on a table flat and, and let gravity do its thing and if the face points to the ceiling it's face balanced and if it doesn't then there's toe hang um and and figure out if those two things match it would probably be the biggest thing and if not or even if like you just want more professional advice just go get a putter fitting like whether or not you're looking to replace your putter but especially if you're gonna buy a new putter like do, do not buy a putter without getting a putter fitting because you're there's a really good chance you're just going to be wasting your money. I do like your analogy, and and that's all great advice. And I I like your analogy of you just basically do the exact extreme of what you are doing if you're making a putter change. So if you have a mallet, you have a blade. If you have a blade, you have a mallet. Um, I mean, professional golfers go through the whole experience of going into their garage and having a million putters and trying something new and. I think this is very useful because I'm not someone who likes to change putters. I just go with what I have because I'm used to it, good or bad. But the putter fitting is a really good piece of advice. In terms of how you get this set up, can you just go to any PGA Pro? Can I go to like Golf Galaxy where there's a track man? Like I have to assume this is um, much more common than it used to be. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different ways um, that that club fitters can fit you for a putter. But yeah, any – like any place that sells a putter should be able to at least like get you on the right track. Like sure. I was, I went to a PXG store. Like I said, I was on a track man. They showed a video of my, of my path with one putter and a video of my path with another putter. And it was like, it was almost like a 30 degree angle cutting across with my, with my gamer. And then like the, the second putter I tried, like he tried one, got me closer, tried the second one. And it was just like, it was like a perfect fit. It was like, Oh my God, like how, how it was like, how have I made any putts with this old putter before? Um, but anywhere you go, they can at least like look at your stroke, look at, you know, ask you a couple questions, measure you and get you fit for like the right length, the right style of putter for your stroke, which is are the two biggest things. And then you can go like from there. We we added some weight to my putter head to get um, like you know, I was saying. I was feeling a lack of stability and losing confidence because the putter head was shaking. We put 20 extra grams in the head of this blade putter that I really liked that fit my stroke. And then all of a sudden it's as stable as any putter I've hit. It's, it fits my stroke. Um, I like the look of it. 
the distance control is good. So you can you can make those tweaks. They'll 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 get it measured so you can get the right length, the right lie angle. Um, make sure the loft fits your stroke, your ball position, all that stuff. Um, there's all these things that are basically designed to like. There's one moment of truth in putting: returning the face to square to your line at impact, and every element of that is designed of a putter and of a fitting and you know everything that goes into the putter is designed to help you get the face to square so if you're using the wrong putter it's it's getting somebody else's stroke to square but not your stroke so what was the outcome for you did you get a new a new putter or did you get information to get a new putter what's i got uh... i got information i got i got some expensive information (laughs) the information was free uh what, what i choose to do with it will could be expensive Interesting. Well, please keep me posted. I, all I know is I can't. I can't game my putter. I can't. I, I can't. I, I, I'm going to play with no putter if uh, if I, if I don't replace it before. Season. Well, that's what I was getting at. It seems like all you've actually done is lost actual confidence with the putter that you're going to put in play, unless you unless you take serious action. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an option. I don't. I don't think playing with that putter is an option anymore. Well, I can't wait to hear about how you're round win in Orlando next week when we talk. <laughs> Can I go to every booth live and, from Disney? Uh, yeah, all the putters. You know, enter and... every raffle. Are you allowed to yeah. enter raffles? They do have like some media raffles. Okay. Yeah. I look. Don't worry about about my ability to get my hands on a putter. Okay, that's great. Hey, by the way, congratulations on being a senior editor over at Golf Link. I saw that. Congrats, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that's that. That's big time. Uh, speaking of big time, let's get to our Mad Golfer of the Week. Again, we continue our quest through the greater Cumberland, Rhode Island area, trying to help Nick pick out a golf club for 2024. He's going to say do this in earnest in February or March. Someone who's going to be a big factor is the person who's behind Nick right now. She has very important decisions to make in determining. Well, she can't hear us right now, fortunately, but we are talking about her, and we are going to help Nick pick a new golf club next year. Right now, we're going to Lincoln, Rhode Island. How far is Lincoln away from you, Nick? Uh, not far at all. I, I drive through it. Seven days a week, five days a week. Uh, I'm away to pick up my kids from daycare. I just drove past Kirkbray the other day. I, I realized it's like 10 minutes from my house, 15 oh. maybe. Yeah. Well, that's all positive. The negative is that it's not Kilbray Golf Course. It's not Kilbray Golf Club. It is Kilbray Country Club. Kirkbray. What, what did I say? Kilbray. but Kilbray? Kirkbray. Well, we're probably going to kill this as an option for your club in 2024. It's a non-starter. Our Mad Golfer of the Week is, well, we actually have a few, but our first one is Christian Santiago. Christian says, quote, this place is completely unprofessional. They allow workers to slap other workers across the face and say, quote, I could have slapped you harder. That's just how we joke around. Do not do business with this company unless they fire this male individual that slapped a female coworker for no reason. That's a pretty serious accusation to just leave on Google. That's a crime. That really is. Yeah, it, it is cr- criminal accusation. Um, I love how they they say like they allow this, like as if it's written in their employee handbook that like under the things we do allow, like as opposed to like maybe it happened or some degree of this event happened and just like there wasn't a manager there who, who saw it. <laughs> I must admit, pretty terrible things are said about this club. This is Vic Hall who says, "quote." Tiffany is terrible. No communication skills whatsoever. Terrible service. Stay away from Tiffany. And finally, our last one, Doc Wells, 
who says, quote, good snooty little golf course membership is not worth the cost. That probably sums it up. Nice little course, not worth the price. Nick, I don't think Kirkbray is going to be your next golf club. Kirkbray will not be my next golf club, but it's not because they uh, encourage their employees to slap women or good. Um, because Tiffany has uh, no communication skills. I actually will come to Kirkbray's defense a little bit here because I've got a little bit of personal experience with Kirkbray. Okay. First and foremost, I believe I've met Tiffany because we did uh, scout this venue as a potential wedding venue. Um, so Ashley and I visited the property. We met with uh, somebody who may or may not be Tiffany um, <laughs> and we checked it out. Good vibes all the way around. Okay. Um, wow. Also, I, I hosted several tournaments at Kirkbray when I was uh, part of the New England PGA. The the president of, of that section is the general manager at Kirkbray Country Club, and they they often hosted New England PGA events. Uh, we had a match play tournament there um, and a few other tournaments, and I never saw any any employee on employee violence. I never saw that. anybody with, with terrible communication skills. Um, it was a, a good little golf course. Um, I'm, I'm sure whatever the cost is, it depends on your budget. It would not be worth it uh, for my budget. Sure. Um, so, so maybe Doc Wells, I could agree with that one. Wow. You, you might have to go put your own review up there to beef it up a little bit. It sounds like you're in favor of a Kirk Bray golf course. I, I mean, it's, I, I just don't know that, that this um, type of, of reviews are, are warranted. Okay, well, Christian, Vic, and Doc, congrats. You are our Mad Golfers of the Week. And with that, we'll move on to Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. Joe, did you see this about the Corn Ferry Tour golfer who was DQ'd in his first hole of his first event uh, uh, on the tour? No, what happened? Well, he hit his tee shot. Uh, John Learis, I think he's uh, Australian or, or New Zealander. Um, he thought it was in the water. So he goes up, uh, takes a drop. Mm-hmm. And then his playing partners are like, Johnny boy, what are you doing? Your ball's right here. So he goes up and plays his ball and, and holes out. And a couple holes later, he's like, oh shit. Um, I think I did something wrong there because he, he had dropped a ball for his, what he thought was a water ball. Uh-huh. Um, which once you make your drop, that's your ball in play. So then he essentially hold out, played the wrong ball the rest of the way by playing his original ball. Uh, so they called in a rules official. The rules, rules official was like, I don't really know what to do. Let me get back to you. So by the time they make the turn, uh, they, they DQ'd our friend John uh. Uh, for, for playing the wrong ball. Um, because again, even though he should not have dropped, once he did drop, that was his ball in play. And I don't know how it would have played out if he would have played that, maybe it would have been just been a, a penalty for like taking a wrong drop or something, but potentially not a, a disqualification. Um, so that is the first part of Nick rules. The second part was this was posted on on Twitter. Oh boy, uh, our friend Monday Q info ah. uh, uncovered this story. Of course, who else? And, and people were saying, well, why didn't he just declare a provisional? And the reason for that. It's because you can't you can't declare a provisional for a water ball. You can only yeah. declare a provisional for a lost or out of bounds ball. So if you think it's in the water, you can't use a provisional. That's so interesting because it didn't go in the penalty area. So even though he took so if 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 I hit the ball in the fairway 
and I can't find it. And I'm like, all right, it must have ended up in the water. And and I take a drop, and then I find my ball. Then I would just be playing three instead of going over and hitting two no matter what. So, like, once the ball is dropped, it's in play. It doesn't matter if my original ball, I find it in between the time I drop my ball and before I hit the shot where I drop my ball. It doesn't matter. Right. Once you once you drop your ball, it's in play. That's it. That's it. And now – Golf if is you, brutal, if, man. If you and me and Romy are are playing, yeah. and there's like a group behind us, maybe not Romy. Just try- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> you and Voris. <laughs> um, of course, play your original ball. Great, we're so happy you found it. We're not going to disqualify yeah. you from this game of wolf. Um, <laughs> but this is the corn fairy tour we're talking about. Sure, it's big stakes. Ah, oh, sorry, John, and that is neck rolls. Very excited to do live from Orlando. Um, I'm pretty open, dude. So you just you just text me your sketch and and we can figure out an episode if you want to crank out a few more. Just because you're gonna have some freedom, let me know. But yeah, get in there for a couple of days, dive in, and then we can do like uh, a whole fun episode on it. That sounds great. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. I'm willing to uh, look for some mad golfers in Orlando. I'm gonna I'm just gonna follow you down the East Coast. Well, I'm, I'm hoping to play uh, the Winter Park Nine. So the Winter wanna, Park Nine. If you want to scope that one out, and I'll, maybe I'll, we might even have a handicap report potentially. Oh yeah, you know, but I'll, I, I might have hit golf shots on a on a real live outdoor golf course by the t- next time we talk. I mean, big things could be happening. Man, you could have a putter that actually works for you. That would be that would be exciting. Are you gonna Are you gonna be able to use your putter? What if you hit like eleven greens and you have like forty seven putts because you just can't get past the fact that it's well, not the proper putter? Well, I'm not bringing my clubs down there. For, oh, first good. Of all. Okay, so I'll be using some rentals. Um, they're probably your old clubs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I um I don't know how quickly I'll have a different putter in the bag, but it it's got to be by April first. And you have called. You have called. And they do have a lefty set for you? They do have a lefty set. Okay. They do have a lefty set, yeah. This is very exciting. I can't wait to get a full report. Enjoy Orlando. Please stay warm if the cold is still with you. Um, enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy golf. Enjoy enjoy life, everybody. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at the turn.